0: Hello, welcome to the One Gamer. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the agency in my Stats Centre, where every Monday me and the Twitch chat geo-guess and locate uh, events around the world. Uh, but thanks to Warhammer Rob, who actually directs us to BCP and other websites, we look at the event lists and event results from around the world. This will be one of the shorter shows that I do because, as you uh, will notice when I go through them, I haven't been covering a lot of the four ones at events, mainly because we're about to see the Battle Scroll update. It should be this week. In fact, it should be tomorrow from time of recording. So, most likely, won't be covering those mainly because um, I'd like to see what I like to use those to kind of like guess at the future meta, which right now I don't really uh, see uh, being very effective. But might make no changes, and so it might be very relevant, but there we are. Also, very exciting show today because we're going to like four amazing different venues around the world. We're going to Sweden. Uh, we're going to uh, an amazing venue in the Philippines. We are going to a brewery in the USA, and we're going to the actual hall where they shot some of the Harry Potter scenes from the movies. Uh, Which is amazing. Uh, So, like, great little locations there for all of the different Age of Sigmar events. We have 174 players playing Age of Sigmar around the world this weekend, not including, of course, uh, Northern Masters, One Dayers, and a bunch of other wicked little events. Um... If uh, if you enjoyed if you enjoy the show and like what I do, then you know you can always uh, join our Patreon to join our Discord. That's something I should have said. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment. I love reading the comments, apart from the nasty comments. Just don't leave them. Don't bother with that. Just write something nice and say hello and and that. Anyway, let's get on with the event results. Let's go. The first event we're going to look at is Bloodshed and the Shire run by the Bucks Wargaming Collective uh, which is cool it's very cool they had 73 players playing at this event in Ingerland and we had two five O's. we had Matt Gordsborough and Owen Jackson now if you remember last week's stat show you'll notice Matt playing at the TSN Arena also went 5-0 so it's the same list again uh, which he practiced um, and he was also staying at my house last week uh, and we were talking that night I said no no take Soulblight take Soul blight. and he's like no no I'm gonna to go for this. This is where this is better and he was right, uh, which is very interesting. Matt's pretty, probably one of the most consistent and excellent players around the world right now, uh, very challenging to beat him. Also amazingly, he went with uh, Matt had been at the uh a in the shire like two or three years ago with the same army. However, he won best painted with that army or he won like a painting award for that army. A couple of years ago so amazing that like you know and i'm sure he i can't remember what his actual results were at that point but you know being someone who's had consistently well painted armies and winning a best painted at bloodshed in the shire a couple of years ago and then returning and then winning bloodshed in the shire feels like a really nice kind of like you know, story or journey at least. I'd love to hear from Matt about that. I think that'd be really fun. Anyway, so what was he running? He was running the Croak Bomb with a cheeky little ally, which we talked about last week. To go things tale, Lord Croak, Slan Star Master, with, of course, the Lord of Celestial Resonance and Space Folder Staff, which is double the CCP that you generate, and also uh, being able to teleport within seven inches. Then he had the Skink Stars here in his list as well. And then, and if you notice, I don't think uh, there is the Astral of is there? Then 15 Soros Guard and 5 Soros Guard. So, to quote Matt, I'm unkillable. Because effectively what he's got there is 40 wounds of ablative wounds in the Soros Guard for his characters, which are doing all of the output, obviously via croak spells, uh, being able to use the explodey uh, CCP thing. Uh, with the, you know, the AoE Mortal Wound Splash, whatever that's called, I don't remember. Uh, and then, uh, as well as using the Realm Shaper to blow stuff up and other things. And then, you know, having Soros Guard that can fight. Then 2 Lots of 10 Skinks. And then a cheeky Free gil Command core at the list as well. So good, it made it into the Croak Bomb. I thought we'd see Zenestra in there because it adds more Mortal Wounds. But I think what Matt's used them as... Having seen him play last week, he uses them as screens, he uses them to steal command points off people. Steal command points to win games, seems pretty easy if you're going to go for a rerollable charge, and then the first time, uh, he steals a CP on a 4+, plus, can't do it. The unit can also heal itself, that's also very effective, so they're tanky, they're fighty, one of the characters got D6 damage attack. Which is really upsetting for, like, you know, the likes of Shalaxy, who've just got like a couple themselves, <laughs> and a little character's got the same, uh, and can heal itself. And it's definitely true that a free gold command core is incredibly points effective, like we saw with the Gobber Palooza and some of the units over the course of the game, uh, course of, you know, Age of Sigmar 3. And he's also got the Eighth and Void Pendulum and the Malevolent Maelstrom. So, pretty great work from Matt. Excellent job, well done to him, uh, especially with that lovely army, right? And then Owen uh, Jackson. Now this is cool. He's got beastly chaos. Owen's been grinding out as well. He plays. He's pretty much. He's pretty much a dual citizen now between the US and the UK. He plays in both. Obviously represents Team Wales. So not sure how that works. <laughs> no, that's not true. I do know how it works. Uh, but he, um, yeah, he's been in both places. And I do wonder if experiencing different matters like the US matter constantly, like he regularly plays in the US. And then also coming back and playing in the UK kind of really, um, you know, helps with that kind of general overall experience. I'd be interested when we come up to Age of Sigma World Championships, World Team Championships, if because of the constant—we'll talk about that in a bit later—but the constant back and forth, a lot of the nations have been doing. We've been seeing the Norwegians have been playing in like Sweden and Denmark and Poland, and they've been playing all over the and all over the kind of like mid Europe uh, area. I wonder if that's gonna really, you know, hone their ability to operate and play inside of different matters, which obviously will work really well for worlds. So, what's Owen playing? Well, he's playing Beast of Chaos, and again, shout out to that. Almost no one is playing Beast of Chaos anymore. He messaged me last night. I said, no one's playing Beast anymore, Owen. He's like, no one is brave enough. So if you're a Beast of Chaos player and you haven't been playing them, you've just got called out by the man himself. So a great brave shaman, a beast of chaos, Zangor Shaman, a Doomball, and Bellacore. Now, what we saw, now, what has been a change, I think. In this list, and we've seen this in the US a little bit as well. What we've seen normally is like a six of Zangor Enlightened on discs. Sometimes we've seen that played a little bit, but we normally uh, will see a big brick of nine Doomball, although that was kind of like last year's meta. Last year's meta was like nine Doomball, and then the Doomball, uh, sorry, nine Bulgor, sorry, and then the Doomball was the general. And then we saw that gravitate towards having like a unit of six, six Enlightened, because they're very fast, and then you would like out deep strike one, move one, and it gave you a lot more utility on the board. Bellacor I think, has always been pretty much a mainstay in those lists as well. However, Owens it up, swapped it up again. and we've got the great Bray Shaman. He's the general, which means you're not going to have nine ball gore because you need the Doom Ball to be the general for that. Be cunning, so you're still going to be able to deep strike a unit outside of seven inches or one of the units. Uh, the jungle shaman, obviously with Blizzard, and is super super cheap. Doomball is still great in of itself because of its command ability to help the Doomballs charge in phases when they shouldn't charge, uh, and then Bellacor, obviously just. If you don't know what Bellacor does at this point in Age Sigma, well, I should tell you, because you're like, why the hell? Bellacor closes down enemy units with an ability, which is great if over the course of a double priority roll, then it's going to be able to shut down a unit for two turns, which is good. Effectively, what you do is you seal off one of their hammers, or one of their key pieces from working well, and you charge in and fight them. Super easy. Then he's got two units of 10 Ungor, and he's got 20 Ungor Raiders, which can shoot off the board, then land and shoot combined with the heroic actions that Beasts of Chaos do to potentially pop off mortal wounds or drag screens off from the board, edge of the board. There's some real great game uh, mechanics here. Two units of six bull with pairs of axes, so they're not built they are not built to survive. They're only built to, <laughs> to fight. Uh, and then they've just got a lot of attacks. I think it's four attacks each uh, with a pair of axes potentially, but more tools on sixes to hit. They can really smash through stuff. And thanks to the new coherency i still say it's not new but since the last battle scroll update the coherency change where units of six which was the biggest biggest change that we saw in the last battle scroll where we saw units of six not need to be in dual lines anymore and instead you could wrap them around i think that's a little bit better um so yeah it's four four attacks on the axes two on the horns or any sixes to hit are going to do two mortal wounds so it's pretty it's pretty effective uh and that's it that's everything that's in the list which is great Excellent work from Owen there, really fun, nice to see something unique in there. Seraphon as well, well done to Matt. Now, last week, uh, I didn't go through the 4-1s LVO, I won't, or CanCon, I didn't go through Elvio and CanCon, I won't go through most of the 4-1s, because at the time of recording, which is a Monday, probably tomorrow, as in Tuesday, we should get the Battle Scroll update, or it should be on Thursday this week, one of the two. So I expect the meta to change, and I normally analyze these lists to kind of have a conversation about the meta and how the meta is doing. And therefore, I'm not going to go through them. No matter how much, salty, bitch on, salty bitches on the YouTube comments get mad at me for it, okay? I'm just not going through them because it's not really worthwhile right now until we see some updates, okay? And because it's all been solved. Saying that, though, there's a couple of notable things in here. Two incredible players, both Mike Stewart and Alex Bruce, went to this event and went 4-1. And I think it's really worth talking about that. Because Mike is an excellent player, plays for Team England. He's a really solid, really, really good player. Um, and he had like the 30 Fusilier uh, build with double Free Guild Command Core, didn't go 5 0. Alex Bruce, Cities of Sigmar, also again an excellent player. Literally, you know, similar list double Warforger, the Relic Envoy, uh, some Fusiliers, and double Command Core, didn't go 5 0. So it's worth noting that. Uh, you know, and then in, in the 4-1 section, we've got some Sylvaneth. Oh, I'll shout out all the 4-1s. So you've got Phil Marshall with his spike Gitz, an incredible player, not being able to go uh, 5-0. Super okay, Phil. Keep your head up. You're doing great with Gitz. Mike Stewart-Cities, Chris Myhill, Ineth Deepkin, David McElroy with Silverneth, Mick Wendell with Zinch. Zinch is great. Work from Mick. Uh, Alex Bruce, Cities of Sigmar, Mark Padden with Oryx. Uh, Mo with Seraphon, Tom Marshall with Daughters of Kane, Jeff Ruddle with Silverneth, double Silverneth in there, uh, Mark Storell with Sons of Behemoth, and the beautiful Tim Willoughby uh, with Maggotkin of Nurgle in there as well. So excellent. Uh, so some really solid players in the 4-1 category. Well done. Hope everyone had a lovely time. Our next event is the Columbus Brewhammer event 2024, organized by Chris Teal. Uh, and at this event was 42 players playing in the United States of America. Very coolly, it was being held at a brewery, the Ollantungai River Brewing Company, established in 2017, you can see it there. Uh, And then what's really fun is the brewery is right next to the kids' uh, drop-off centre with a couple of kid trucks. So you can drop your kids off at the kids' centre, go get hammered and play Warhammer, Go back to the kids center, and then there's a kid truck that will drive you home. Pretty good, pretty good venue, I'm gonna say. So, uh, we in our 5 we had John Anderson with his Fangs of Seraphon Sotek, and this is similar to what we've obviously read with Matt's Fangs of Sotech, uh, Slant Star Master with Lord of Celestial Resonance, Space Water Stave, Lashloth Banner Barrow, Croak, Skinkstars here. So, I think basically identical so far. A unit of five Saurus Guard and a unit of 15 Saurus Guard. Uh, so again similar however uh, John has decided to swap it up to go for some Saurus warriors uh, a unit of 20 I think and then Grave Tide Malevolent Maelstrom and the Horogast uh, which Horogast feels like a really good pick with the AoE um you can't use inspire and presence ability on Horogast working obviously very well with the AoE damage that you take from the Seraphon list. Makes a lot of sense. Then in the 4 1 category, we've got Paul Hinderman with OCR Bone Reapers, Jack Carwood with the host of Sinesh, uh, and then Brendan Melnick with his Silverneth Heartwood, and Ben Timmerman with his Ogre Moor Tribes. Oh, got quite a lot. And then Hunter Hoper with their Nighthorn, The Quicksilver Dead, Mario De Matteo with his Carriage Overlords, Eric Urbaz, and then Chris Culo with his Gloom Spike Gits. Jaws of Mork. I think it's worth pointing out uh, that in the last event, and also this event, we had a couple of Silverneth wins. Uh, both those other two Silverneth lists in the 4-1 category did have Alariel. This one doesn't. This one has Belthanos, which is quite nice for a very underperforming army, similar to the Nighthaunt list that we're seeing from Hunter Hopa with the Quicksilver Dead. Again, Nighthaunt are one of the underperforming armies in the Age of Sigma. This has got Spam Dreadscythe Haradins, which is quite cool and fun to see. So even though, uh, like, I'm not popping through the four ones in detail at the moment, there are a couple of like standouts. No Soulblight Grave Lords I've read so far. In fact, I don't think I've read any Soulblight Grave Lords from the four ones in the last list either. So. No Soulblight Gravelords, some Bone Reapers featuring, which does make a lot of sense. But Sinesh also being here by Jack Carwood, Cobra Kai Gaming Dojo. Uh, They're a great group of people. I love those guys. Uh, They're being great. So that's, and only losing in the final game. So well done to Jack. So unique meta and interesting, but definitely looks like Soulblight at least this week. The week before, if everyone remembers, uh, LVO and KanCon couldn't stop reading out Soul Black Grave Lord" for once. There were just loads. There's loads more here now, which is brilliant. So well done to everyone. Uh, and well done for running an event in a brewery. Sounds great. Our next event, incredible. We have been so far, we have been in the Hall of Harry Potter, where Harry Potter was shot. That's where, shot, well, that's where Bloodshed was. Then we went to a brewery. And now we're going to downtown Manila in the Philippines, For the Wartilio GT 2024, we had 31 players, which is massive. 31 players in the Philippines battling it out. They were playing at the Gamers Shop. Here's a lovely picture. Podcast listeners, you won't be able to see it, but it's a lovely picture of it being set up. It's on the top floor of the store. It's uh, also got a lovely little location. And right down the road, there's a fantastic... A lot of the locals, quite big fans of the Jollibees. I don't agree with them. I'm straight down the road. There's a Chinese down the road, uh, Chinese restaurant. That's where I like to go. So a little bit of a split in the community there. That does happen, though, in these larger these communities, which is fun. So this is all organized. These events are organized by the Wartilio Gaming Club. Now, if you're not sure who they are, they have a Twitter presence, a Facebook presence. They also have a YouTube channel. You can go check it out. It's called Wartilio. Uh, it's on the channel now, uh, Wartilio. And you can go and ask them some questions. And if you ever are planning a trip to the Philippines, go play some games uh, or just a general trip and you want to go say hello anyway, then there's a chance. (laughs) <laughs> the list design is not very Manila. Uh, don't say it like that. Anyway, so we had 31 players, 32 players, sorry, battling it out to uh, win the event. However, it was won by Nico Cavada, who won a wicked kind of WWE style, which is a bit yikesy now, obviously, WWE. But the the kind of like wrestling style belt, championship belt, which I think was mainly popularized by uh, Joe Pagano. Uh, for the Intercontinental uh, and, and Jacob Berry for the Intercontinental Dimensional Worldwide Belt, uh, which is cool. But anyway, big gold belt, which is fun. And Nico was running Gluspect Gitz, and he had in his list, he was a King's Gitz list, which is the most popular sub faction in by Gitz at the moment, super, super popular. He's got Loon Loom Boss and Mangler Squigs, Grint Crack the Great, a Madcap Shaman, and a Squig Boss. Loom Boss and Mangler Squigs is a very interesting choice. You don't see that as much. You see Grint, and Grint Crack a lot, but the Loom Boss is, I would say, a little bit less survivable than you want him to be, but can be fast and obviously adds a lot of threat range into the army. Fight Another Day is going to really help with survivability. And then it's just all about how Gitz lists are built at the minute. Uh, shout out to Phil for really kind of like, you know, inspiring me in that way. And it's just all about pure output. Just like, let's just murder everything because your gits, you don't mind if you lose all of your units or like a whole unit because you can bring half that unit back on a four up, which is massive. So it's a unit of 10 Boingrop bounders, which are just an incredible cavalry unit. I would say 15 can delete almost anything, 10 can delete a lot. Then a unit of 36 squig herd, a unit of 24 squig herd, and then grincrax Saloon Court, and then the Gobberpalooza. So the Gobapalooza are there to buff, and then, uh, yeah, the. Godpalooza can put out a lot of buffs, and it's just all output, all aggro output all the time. If you do end up losing something, uh, then of course you've got fight on death thanks to Grin Crack. and in addition to fight on death from Grin Crack, obviously you can bring those models back, which is very, very cool. Uh, this is fun. Uh, we've got a bunch of the Filipino community in the community, so shout out to all of you. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, apparently the Mangler sniped out a lot of targets, specific targets. That's what his job was. His job was a scalpel in the army. That's fantastic. We love that. Uh, so Wizard Hunters on code was fun. Oh, that's super fun as well. All right, lovely. Then we have, in the 4-1 category, we've got Angelo Bassa Mogul with a Seraphon Cottle's Claw. Dennis David, uh, which I've been assured by the community is very much like Ricky Bobby, uh, with his O.C.R. Bone Reapers Mortis Praetorians. Alexis Sulit with his Slaves of Darkness Kabbalist lists. And then BJ Rishio with his O.C.R. Bone Reapers Crematoriums. I think we've been tracking uh, me and other Rob, better Rob, who does all of the stats info for me. Uh, I think we've been tracking events in the Philippines now for like, I don't know three or four years, or three years at least. And it's especially obviously post COVID, uh, you know, people being able to go out events and stuff. And it's been super fun to see this community get bigger, grow, build its own kind of like you know a player base with their YouTube channel and posting. They do an amazing job on Twitter of. Constantly posting pictures and tweet threads of their community and their community growing and being, you know, unashamedly proud of what they're organising for themselves, and I think that's wonderful. And I think I'd love to see that from more communities. I see the lot, I see the Norwegians absolutely everywhere online now, and I. Lo- the next event that we are going to cover is the War of the Ospreys 2024. In what was an absolutely killer. Swedish field is similar to, I think you could compare it to like a Swedish Masters. Um, There was a lot of excellent players uh, battling it out. Uh, Here we have a lovely picture uh, of our top three. I'm pretty certain there's Adam uh, and Jesper. Jesper's a cutie. Congratulations to Jesper. Uh, Right, so uh, we had 28 players playing in Sweden. I've just said this kind of like you know in the pre-recording while I was chatting with the stream, but I think honestly The sheer level of skill and quality coming out of the European, specifically like continental Europe uh, meta right now, is savage. Uh, you got the Norwegian, Swedish, Danish, Germans, there's some really excellent Warhammer Polish, um, there's some really excellent Warhammer happening all around there, a lot of really great games in France as well, we just don't hear a lot about France, because uh, they have like more of like a, a closed community, uh, but yeah, really excellent. Anyway, so in our first place we have Adam Saf running a similar list to what we saw Jeremy run at the LVO. And he's running Barrett Mornar with an Arkenau Admiral, an Aether Chemist, and an Aetheric Navigator. And he's got one gunshot gun hauler with Colbeard's collapsible compartments, then two more Thunderers, uh, sorry, then two us so of ten Thunderers as battle line, two Arcanaut frigates, and one of them is obviously the flagship, and then a unit of six Endron Riggers. And one of the things that I talked about the last time we covered this, but same thing again, this is a new like iteration, kind of like what we saw with Owen's Beast of Chaos. This is a new iteration of how KO play. Previously, we've seen KO either really load up on frigates and have either Skywardens or probably more popularly We've seen engine riggers for their ability to heal the boats instead. Uh, And so that would be one build, or we would see an ironclad with just loads of thunderers in. This is kind of a halfway house between both, and it feels like they've got the best of both worlds. They've got mobility and combat potential, as well as some healing from the engine riggers. They've still got great shooting potential from all of the thunderers, and then everyone can get loaded up into a boat. Uh, thanks to the collapsible compartments, which I think is very clever. So you've got mobility, you've got output, you've got the ability to push onto objectives, or condensed into one singular place, which is great, and played by Adam, who is a phenomenal player. Jesper, who's a phenomenal person, with his 4-1, Grave Lords. well done to him. Christian Wenberg with his Seraphon in 4-1 category as well. And then Albin Glauman with his Fire Slayers. I think it's worth shouting out just for a moment, Uh, uh, This is all on the Exxon website, if anyone's interested. Uh, He was running the new Warcry Warband, the Vulcan Flame Seekers, which is quite an interesting pick, as well as two units of Allied Vanguard Hunters, which are quite meta right now. Uh, They kind of are doing the job that we would see Heartrenders from Daughters of Cain, or we would see Tree Revenants from Sylvaneth, where you have uh, units that could teleport around uh, and grab objectives and do things like the bat- the battle t- the battle tactics from the GHB, like you know being on the board edges or units outside your opponent's territory, stuff like that. So I not forget, Age of Sigmar is not really at the moment a game about killing your opponent, although in some cases it is. But most importantly, it's about scoring max points, twenty eight points all the time. Uh, it's kind of like got what a ninth edition forty k game had, where everyone was scoring a hundred points. It's about you know making it so your opponent can't score any, which is why. Uh, The Mornar ability that you can see in this uh, in Adam Staff's Carriage and Overlord's army or the Cities of Sigmar Command Corps where you're able to shut down command abilities either on a 5 plus in this case or Cities of Sigmar 4 plus is wildly effective which is quite interesting. That is it for Sweden. Not all the lists are on BCP, but I think it was just also worth shouting out uh, at time of recording. Shouting out that Scotland had their Masters series where, you know, they take the best performing players from their country and then they battle them out against each other. It's called the Northern Masters. Shout out to Nate for organising it. And the returning champion, that's right, back-to-back Northern Masters champion, Andy Curry took out the event, which is great. So well done to Andy. There's a picture of him with a big old Scottish shield uh, and a bunch of plaques on there, which is super fun. So winning back-to-back Masters in your own country is honestly a really, really, really big deal. Super tough to do. So he should be very proud of himself, in my opinion. So well done to him. Okay, so that's it for this week. And hopefully, hopefully should be the last of the, uh, you know, tournaments that we see with... This battle scroll, obviously, battle scroll comes out. There's still events that are probably going to be like list cut off. It's going to be with this or whatever it might be. But we should start. We should start moving into the new. Meta as we see it, you know, with the release of the Battle Scroll and the changes we're going to see in that. No idea what that's going to be so far, but that's exciting. And then we've also got Dawnbringer's Book Five, where we've got all those new Death Factions with the armies and regiments of renown and whether or not they're going to hit the meta or affect the meta. And in addition to that, we've got the announcement of Book Six, which is the Chaos one coming up. So, loads of things still to change up, maybe how the game is going to play over the last part of Age of Sigmar 3. In addition to that, you've got some very exciting kind of calendar events coming up. Specifically, probably though, the key one being the World Team Championships, which many of these lists are gonna settle into um, after this big Battle Scroll update, which will be interesting in my personal opinion. Oh, well, I'm excited for it anyway. I think that's fun. Start to really kind of like settle the game out. I think it's also true to say that while um, we haven't seen a lot this week, if we look, we didn't see tons of Soul Black Gravelord. I talked about that already. Uh, The venues for all of the events are super cool. I like that as well. Cities definitely uh, are on the rise. We talked about that last week, but last week, you know, I think a lot of the discourse was around the fact that they're unbeatable, but you saw very good players not hitting those 5-0 spot straight at the top so I think there's something interesting there the rise of Seraphon uh, with the decrease of Myriad, which I did talk about and uh, you know say was going to happen we saw we've, we're we there we've seen that KO don't forget still an excellent army uh, still doing very very well so it's unsurprising to see them doing well either I'm not sure what the battle scroll is going to bring. I think if we're going to see a massive mix-up on what the game looks like, you're going to have to do something where like either battle tactics cost different or scoring is done different on the primary, but you probably aren't going to see that until Age of Sigmar 4. Similarly, many of the lists are fairly cookie-cutter because command traits, artifacts, and other stuff are so effective in-game, and then there's normally just a best-in-slot for most factions. So we are going to potentially see, see that carry on if there aren't aggressive points changes or rules overhauls. But again, I'm not really sure. And I'm kind of interested to see what that's going to look like. But either way, another great weekend of Age of Sigma, lasting Last thing to yeah, just another great w- weekend great thing hope everyone had a wonderful time thanks to everyone on the honest wargamer patreon who supports what i do if you'd like to support the show joining patreon would be great we've got a discord community you can join uh, you get added into which would be rad um and then yeah thanks very much and thanks to all the events i hope everyone had a great time i'll see you guys soon